Hello, and welcome to another episode of Happy Without Medicine. And in this episode, I'm going to be sharing some time management principles and strategies that I have used and found to be very effective. And these are the same strategies that I always will offer to women who come to see me if they're feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, and they often come back giving me positive feedback on these strategies. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, you have a lot of stress in your life, and you feel like time management is one of the things that you need help with, then stay tuned and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. So recently, I hosted a workshop specifically for women who were looking to help with strategies for feeling overwhelmed. The workshop is called Revive and Thrive. It is available in course format on my website. So definitely go and check it out at yewandiolamide.com. If you go to the resources tab, it'll be there available for you to purchase and work through along with the workbook. And so as we went through the workshop, I was reminded of a time when I was very overwhelmed. I had two children under the age of two. I had started a new business. I was transitioning out of my career as an emergency room physician. We had recently moved to a different province a couple of months before that. Unfortunately, we had also lost a family member in that season I was a stay-at-home mom in that time. And so because my little baby was still very young, I ended up staying home for 18 months. Hats off to all of you moms who work from home and stay at home with kids in the house. Honestly, I don't know how you do it. But nevertheless, I did it for 18 months. I went back to work during that time. I was seeing patients virtually It was a lot. It was a lot. I wasn't sleeping. I also had family members who had fallen sick in a different country. And so thinking about them, worrying about them, I was barely sleeping. I was barely exercising. And I survived on my children's snacks in that season. Eventually, I was confronted with the state of my emotional health, my mental health, and my physical health. I suffered severe hair loss and that was my wake-up call and it was when I decided to change. And I did a lot of different things, but the most important thing that I did was I took back control of my time. In that season, it felt like I was just reacting, responding, ignoring things, zoning out. It felt like I would play catch-up and I was constantly behind the eight ball. But the seven strategies that I'm going to share with you in this episode were the things that really helped me get back on track. And to this day, to this day, they have set a very solid foundation that I'm so thankful for, such that my days flow one section of the day into the other. Everybody in the household is on the same page. We have a rhythm and a flow to our days. And so 
The first thing that I did was I got a planner. I got a physical planner that worked for me. Everybody is going to have their own strategy when it comes to planning, but I use a combination of my paper planner. But in this season, all I was using was a paper planner. Right now, I use a combination of my paper planner and my Google Calendar. But because in that time, I wasn't really going out much, I wasn't really leaving the house, I didn't really use the Google Planner. The function of the Google Planner right now or the Google Calendar right now is so that my husband and I share it and we know where each of us is at any given point in time so that we're not double booking meetings that conflict with one another. But like I said, in that season, I got a paper planner. This was a planner that had dates on it. I know that there are many different types of planners. It had dates on it. And each day of the week was a rectangle. So the week was spread over two pages. Each day was a rectangle, kind of a horizontal rectangle. And the beautiful thing that I loved about this planner, unfortunately, they don't sell it anymore, which makes me so sad. I have been able to find a replacement, a substitute that isn't quite as nice at that one, but, but it works. And I've been using this particular new one now for three or four years. But that particular planner had the days divided into three columns. And the beautiful thing about that was I was able to look at my day and divide it into morning, afternoon, and night. And it made such a huge difference because I would literally have an open on the kitchen countertop, which was where I spent most of my time in the kitchen, between the kitchen, the dining, and the living room in that season. So it would be open on the kitchen countertop and I could see all the things that I needed to get done in the morning, all the things that I need, needed to get done in the afternoon and all the things that I needed to get done in the evening. It was a beautiful planner and it worked really, really well for me. The next thing that I did was I created a routine. I created a flow and a rhythm to my days. So I started waking up at the same time in the morning. Actually, I started going to bed at the same time in the night because we all know that the secret to a beautiful day is having a beautiful night before it. And so I would go to bed at the same time every night, which meant I would wake up at the same time in the morning. I created space for myself in those mornings. And it was very hard because remember, I had two young children. So oftentimes they were waking me up in the morning. But eventually, as they started to sleep through the night, I would wake up and take about an hour to 30 minutes to myself and just ease into my days. But ultimately, even when they were young, we had a rhythm to our days. We had timestamps. So I knew that at seven o'clock, we were coming down, getting breakfast ready. They were getting dressed for the day. I was getting dressed for the day. Then we might go into some activities with the kids. We would do circle time, sing songs, nursery rhymes, play some activities. We might paint, play with some Play-Doh. And then we would go outside around 10 o'clock. There's a big park close to where we live. So we would go outside, we would take a walk, we would come back, have lunch. And so there was a rhythm, there was a flow, and we literally repeated the same flow every day. And of course, as they grew, as I also kind of evolved and went back to work, the content of the rhythm changed, but the structure and the principle never changed. Till today, we still live our lives on a daily rhythm. Even if the content changes, there's a sense of we always know what's coming next. 
The other thing was alarms became my best friend and my husband's worst enemy. (laughs) So to remind myself of those transition periods between morning into afternoon and afternoon into evening, uh, to remind myself, okay, Yuande, it's time to start getting dinner ready because if you want the kids in bed by seven o'clock, you need to start planning what they're going to eat by 4.30, 5 o'clock. I would have reminders for when it was time to go outside. I would have reminders for when it was time to put them down for their naps. And so I had like four or five reminders. I would have reminders for when it was time for me to go back to bed, right? Even till now, we use reminders. My son is four and we are, he's no longer wearing any pull-ups. And so I have reminders for when I take him to pee at 10.30 and for when I take him to pee at 2.30 in the morning. Eventually, my reminders for dinner time and my reminders for outdoor walks, I started to disable them one by one because I no longer needed them. But by then, my body had kind of gotten used. You know how you kind of start getting used to waking up before your alarm clock and you really don't need the alarm clock anymore? It was the same thing with those alarms. Eventually, my body just kind of got used to waking up at those times and I no longer needed the alarms anymore. The next thing I did was I planned my meals on a weekly cycle. So this is tip number four. I planned my meals on a weekly cycle. I got one of those little whiteboard dry erase markers. And then every Sunday I would write my meals, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, what we were having for breakfast, what we were having for lunch and what we were having for dinner. And what that meant was I didn't have to do those monthly timetables that we had in everybody's house. If you're Nigerian, everybody had a timetable. You probably have one now. They never worked for me because I just never stuck to them. But the nice thing about the weekly whiteboard eraser was that if, say, Monday we had decided to eat rice and stew for lunch and I wasn't really feeling it, I could move that to Tuesday dinner and whatever we decided we were going to eat for Tuesday dinner, I would move up to Monday for lunch and kind of move things around. But the good thing about having everything laid out was my grocery list. I would always know what to buy. I would know what we had in stock. I would know what I needed to buy on Monday at the grocery store so that we had everything that we needed to go through that calendar. So number five was I delegated as much as I could to my kids. Yes, even at that age and my husband who is very hands-on and I'm so thankful for that. So there were many things that my kids, it was their responsibility. So it's hiding up the living room. And the thing about me was I adopted the philosophy of done is better than perfect. And so even if at that age, the pillows weren't perfectly positioned in a way that was Pinterest worthy, or if all the toys weren't perfectly arranged, it was totally fine. I wouldn't go back and try to rearrange everything. I completely gave them that responsibility. And the good thing is that they did it. I think oftentimes we underestimate how helpful even young kids can be. And for many of us, it's our perfectionism that gets in the way of people helping us. So I let go of perfectionism. Done is better than perfect. You know, I would delegate them tidying up. I always made sure that their shoes, their jackets, their cutlery, their utensils, their cups, their plates were always within their reach so that if I said, okay, go wear your shoes, I didn't have to be involved in 
try to pull down the jackets from a place that was too high for them to reach. In that season, I didn't care about things looking perfectly placed in perfect positions. It was all about functionality and how to reclaim my time back so that people were as independent as possible. And part of that was just having their jackets in boxes by the door, having their shoes in boxes by the door and not neatly hung up in the closet. Because again, having it in a closet meant that I would now have to be the one to go and pull it down for them and put it on for them. So I encouraged as much independence as possible. The next thing that I did, so tip number six, was I completely decluttered our kitchen. Every utensil that I wasn't using, I put in a box. Every pot and pan that I wasn't using, plates that we weren't using, there were four of us in the household. So my kids got one cup, one plate, and one set of cutlery. We had three plates for grown-ups, three bowls, three sets of forks and knives. And I really pared things down because what that meant was if we needed to eat another meal, we would have to wash what was available to use it instead of dishes just piling up in the sink. And that went a really long way. So instead of using three pots to cook, I would manage my space and my time and only use one or, you know, just move things around in a way that made my life easier. Instead of dishes piling up in the sink, we were forced to wash them and reuse them. And that went a long way. The other thing was I used my dishwasher. I really started to use my dishwasher a lot in this season. And mostly it was for storage. So putting things away when they were clean or putting things away when they were dirty. I got rid of our dish drying rack because it just made the space just look so cluttered all the time. And so dishes were always put away. We've kind of slipped back into bad habits now of having the dishes on the, so we don't have a rack. We just have a a cloth, a microfiber cloth. Uh, And so now things are starting to pile up again. And so this is reminding me that I probably need to do some more decluttering. Because again, this season was a few years ago. So it's reminding me that now I probably need to go and do some more decluttering. In addition to the kitchen, I decluttered our closets. I decluttered our clothes. I gave everything a home so that if we were looking for keys, everybody knew where the keys were. If we were looking for our wallets, we know where the wallets are. If we're looking for chargers, the chargers have a home. And again, what that meant was people were calling on me less Mommy, where are my socks? Okay, you know where your socks are. Go find your socks, right? Everything had a home and it was just easy for people to locate the things without my intervention. And that saved me a lot of time. I get so frustrated now when I put something in its place and somebody moves it around. (laughs) It's one of my pet peeves and one of my flaws is that I get so frustrated, frustrated to the point of like jumping up and down (laughs) when I get to the kitchen and my husband has decided to rearrange everything. Like I have to kind of take deep breaths in and out and just accept it and move on. Everything has a space. We know where it is. As long as it makes sense, it's all good. And the last thing I did was I purchased many of the same things. And so what that means is socks. I would buy like 20 different pairs of socks, the same sock for my kids. I remember the first time my son got a 
pack of socks that were all these different multicolored socks with different patterns and every pair looked different. I was like, okay, this is, well, thank you. And this is going to really change the way we do things because the nice thing about having socks that looked the same color was I didn't have to think about pairing what goes with what. Everything matched with everything and it really saved me a lot of time. Same thing with my containers, leftover containers for or when I cook in bulk and I'm trying to put things away. All the containers are the same shape. They're from the same store. They have the same lid. Again, it saves me time in, and they stack really well. So they stack on top of each other really well, which is also a good space saving strategy. So all the containers fit on, I don't have to look for the perfect match. They fit and it's all good. Even down to gifts, I save a lot of time when it comes to giving gifts. So if you've just had a baby, just know that you're going to get a few cute pairs of onesies from Costco. Why? Because they were my favorite pairs of onesies when I had my babies. They're great quality. They last forever. They have a zip at the top and a zip at the bottom. I've never seen any other place that offers onesies like that to just know that you're going to get onesies and you're probably going to get a book. So I'm either giving a book or I'm giving onesies for little babies. And as they grow older, they're getting books. They're, I'm going to chapters, I'm going to Indigo and they're getting books. And usually these are books that my kids have read so I can vouch for the content and it's not going to be anything weird. And so I don't have to overthink when it comes to giving gifts. And then when they get older, you're getting board games. You see, you're getting board games. And if you're a friend who's listening to this podcast, you probably already know. You probably have already received clothes, onesies, books, or board games from us. And that's just the way it is, simplifying my life. To this day, the effort that I've put into taking my time back is paying dividends over and over again. And like I said, my routines definitely change as seasons in my life change and seasons in the life of my children change as they change schools, as they change activities. But the thing is that the container, the structure and the principles don't. And so which one of these tips are you going to implement into your life? I've shared seven. Which ones are you going to adopt? And I'd love to hear how it is working for you. Definitely send me a DM on Instagram. I am at dr.yoande. So that's at dr.yoande. And until next time, remember, I am here always fiercely advocating for your success and happiness. If you found this podcast helpful, be sure to share it with a friend and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuan Day, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.